Greetings ladies and gents, and welcome to this latest video. There is no epic loot here, only puns taken from the website Royal Road. The link to the story will be down below. If you wish to support the author, please head over there and give them support. If you wish to support the channel, there are numerous ways to do so down below. There is Discord, Merch, Patreon, bunch of other stuff too. So have a look in the description, you might be surprised. Anyways, now on to the fiction. As always, I hope that you enjoy. I would just like to thank the following tier 5 patrons and channel members for supporting the channel. Fallen Angel, Buzz Kennington, Data Magnet, and Bob the Dragon. Thank you again, and now on to the story. Chapter 136 Ducks of a Feather Pun Together Delta wasn't exactly sure what she did, but she felt it wasn't the worst option of the lot. Ignorance of being children doesn't excuse them. They made monsters, they invited outsider gods, they made dungeons. The system and brother have caused untold amounts of destruction to everyone, Maharia said with a snarl. Her soul space, where her seed resided, was twisting, reading from the removal of the two dark seeds from her main cluster. Delta nodded as she eyed the damage. She was a little rougher than she meant to be, but Maharia was a big necromancer lich girl and could handle a little pain. Sure, but what you chalk up to Manus is actually just incompetence. People trying to make things right aren't the enemy. I'm gonna ask, what do you think will happen if their little brother returns? Delta crouched down. Maharia slowly rose to her knees, smoothing her dress with a stiff expression of some princess. Well, she was a princess, but Delta wasn't too impressed. She had Lord Bushy in her walls, and he oozed elegance. Delta, you don't really get it, do you? Maharia said with a small smile, and the sudden tone shift through Delta for a moment. Maharia's smile fell away, and Delta had a sense of something being wrong. Not a danger to her, but something occurring within Maharia. Sorry, Bexus, but I want to go to sleep with Sun, my best friend. He's the purest form of the future, and he has lived by his word. Perhaps you were told the little siblings actually was. Did you get told he emerged with teeth and claws, trying to devour all? Oh, sad. Had you listened to the first line of propaganda, and didn't ask more. Maharia said with a sigh. Delta crossed her arms, scowling. Yeah, but if I ask the question you want me to, you'll just go, Ooh, spooky one-liner, and vanish, she accused. Maharia's mouth fell open before her cheeks flushed. That's a beside the point, she said, waving her hand in an annoyed manner. I'll make you a deal, Delta offered abruptly, thinking of a potential solution. Maharia thought about it. A deal with a monster who kidnapped your friends and has a horde of minimal wage workers developing dark science, she asked slyly. Delta tilted her head as they slowly returned to the real world, sitting back in Maharia's throne room. You can still pay your workers after being down here for so long, she asked incredulously. Maharia raised a brow. It's easy when you pay in compliments and days off, she said easily. How about you send the two of your crazy siblings off to your leader, and I keep you as a devil's advocate. 
You can try and corrupt me, and I can pull secrets from you like a hairball from a crocodile's throat, Delta offered bluntly. The throne was silent, aside from the stomping of Delta's giant mound of cute critters. Why? The question was said without any hostility or malice. Honestly, Delta did sort of need someone who wasn't jacked into the system or created by it to be able to offer her some answers. If the system put Maharia on lockdown or removed her memories, then Delta had a good idea that something was up. Also, the first act of taking down an unknown enemy was to make them known. Maharia was high up on the totem pole of their group. I already plan to make you absorb me, but there's little point if it's just by seed, Maharia muttered, but then shrugged helplessly. I accept, only because I am confident you'll see the truth soon enough, without any prompting on my end, she said, and looked away. Let me just say goodbye to my siblings, she asked and closed her eyes. Delta guessed that she could be activating some trap or sending some last minute to a leader, but at the end, it didn't matter. Delta would take them in and one by one. The only one getting no mercy was the one who did the unspeakable acts on Remy's family. Moments later, two dark glowing lights exited Maharia's chest. The mere sight of them made her almost dungeon out. It took every inch of her control for Delta to not reach for the seeds and cleanse them. But she managed it by pretending that they had puppy ears and big eyes. Also, those little thin tails that puppies and kittens had. What if you were some mix of puppy and kitten, a puppin or a kippy? Oh, and a hearty go to hell you do, Maharia scowled as the siege shot off. Family issue, Delta asked innocently, her manner surrounding the room, checking for any traps or incoming danger. She was confident, but being careful also didn't hurt. Imagine sharing a room with your two siblings, but ten times more intimate, and then doing that for a hundred years with no sleep. You develop some hostility too, if they were stark raving mad, Maharia said defensively. I don't remember, my brother. My memories are either scattered around the abyss, locked up in the system folder, or coming back slowly, Delta said bluntly. Maybe you should ask them for it, Maharia said casually. Starting this corruption thing a little blatantly, aren't you? Delta asked as she stood up, her orange avatar making the throne room glow. Subtlety is for those who have need of it. I'm rather exposed as the enemy at this point, Maharia said with a smile, sipping her tea. Delta guessed she had a point. I guess welcome to the dungeon, Delta said drawing her manner into the room. Maharia eyed the rising orange tide, turning nervous. Why is your manner chanting? she asked suddenly. Delta listened, but didn't hear anything. Maybe you have a ringing noise in your ears, Delta suggested. Maharia leaned forward and the illusion of flesh melted away, revealing the dark skull of her head. I don't have ears she said before pointing at Delta's manner again. They're chanting war crimes, was all she said before she was smothered in the orange tide. Maharia's attempts to sow chaos in Delta were mostly just confusing her at this point. 
chanting manner. For real. The room began to shine as Maharia was broken down to a seed. Delta's ocean was a churning on the surface, but once Maharia broke past that, she saw how uh, calm it was underneath. Maharia knew that she was effectively really dead this time. Beings absorbed by a dungeon came back in appearance only. Contracted humans got the better deal, but in the end, Maharia wasn't sure if she'd be herself after all was said and done. What she saw, felt, experienced, it was all symbolic. Being broken down into manner meant what she was feeling couldn't be real. Not entirely. But Maharia kept falling until she understood that she was falling upwards. After time passed, she found herself in a strange room. A central chair surrounded by screens that curved and a flat runic console. Some of which had mushrooms growing out the sides. What do I call the adopted sibling of my nephew? A girl asked, bemused as she turned in the chair. Maharia blinked on her hands and knees as she felt so hard to stand here. You are the sister, Maharia said, gritting her teeth. It felt strange to have real muscle and real flesh again, even in the simulated spell sense. And you are Maharia of Tatog, announced the being that was so beyond Maharia's power. It was laughable. So, it is time for you to begin your interrogation. The turning of my mind to your cause, Maharia asked and found it hard to keep her mind exactly on what sister looked like. A young girl with long hair and a white dress, but the details kept eluding her. It was like staring at the sun, ironically enough. Perhaps once I would have simply dissolved you for your blooming seed, breaking you down to stare at the pieces to find an answer lurking in your existence. Like taking a jigsaw apart to see what shape each piece is, the guard admitted before she spun in her chair once, legs dangling. But I've learned a lot, just like you, sister said easily. I have no idea what you mean, Maharia responded, managing to get on her knees despite the force nearby. Sister tilted her head and smiled. I'm gonna tell her. I just didn't want to drop it in the middle of a fight with you, since it'll be a bit of a, uh, what would Delta call it? She mused, leaning back in her chair. Ah, a dick move, she said sagely. Maharia stared before she clucked her tongue. Then Delta will despise you, she declared, as the screens around the sister shifted. I think she might be angry, but I've learned a lot from her. I think it's better for her to be upset with me than to simply keep on doing what I've done without her knowledge. I think that's how people show they care, when the other person matters more than themselves. Sister said slowly, as she looked down as if she could see something. I've only ever felt something like that towards my brothers, she admitted, and that pissed Mahari off to no end. You mutilated and made your little brother fall into the abyss, she accused, and the sister was still for a long time, making Maharia feel a twinge of fear. Me did. I'm a terrible person, really, but uh, I think that since I can admit that, she looked at Maharia right in the eye. I'm maturing a little, 
she declared, and her form shifted ever so slightly. Her cheeks lost some of their roundness, her hair grew longer, and she seemed to stretch out. And as for your fate, the slightly older girl said, abused. Maharia felt calmer, crawling up her back. Delta could feel the third floor shaking as her manner went berserk with work. Third floor was conquered. All excess rooms are being absorbed. Please stand by. Delta could only watch as everything beyond her garden of many doors was simply erased. More and more rooms were removed to feed her DP and mana in return. She didn't intend to keep any of Maharia's aesthetic, so this was fine by her. She sorted through her growing notifications until she found the one that she was after. Lovely. We have a psychotic little lich girl on our team. Pardon me while I break out the confetti. New was grumbling, but he seemed awfully keen on sticking by her side. Better to keep her where I can see her, Delta said distractedly as she read. New's text shifted to a tiny font to indicate that he was muttering under his breath. Maharia defeated, Maharia absorbed, special conditional existence due to dungeon desire, reforming. There was a flash of light and, slowly, in the air before Delta, Maharia reformed into a dungeon lifeform. What have you done? Maharia wheezed as she turned in place. Delta stared for a long moment. Well, I guess I'm a real dungeon now she announced. Her small body was in a simplistic white dress with four crystal dragonfly wings on her back. Maharia now was only slightly bigger than a pygmy mushroom. Maharia had become a dungeon fairy. The girl looked up and her face melted away to show her horrific visage of a demonic bone lich in the pretty dress. Neat, my fairy dual-classed into necromancy. Delta said brightly as Maharia took this all in and let out a screech so high that Delta almost conjured glass to see if it would break. Delta snapped her fingers in front of the fuming fairy. Hey, listen, she prodded and there was silence in a dungeon. I name you Maharia, the super helpful and kind fairy guide, she said and the screen over Maharia's head shifted to reflect the title. Maharia, super helpful and kind fairy guide. System tool, able to act and communicate for dungeon's needs. Must act as a guide to those that enter the dungeon. A princess that turned into a lich, that turned into a cult leader, that turned into a cute little fairy. She despises everyone and everything, wishing to stab the system in the head with a rusty spoon. Her dust does not make you fly, but perhaps it'll do so with a future upgrade. I take it back. I prefer just to die, Maharia said with a hollow tone as she sat on the ground in the garden on the third floor. That's just the first step of grief. Denial. You'll move on to... Delta began, and the fairy tried to latch onto her face, screaming about bloodlines and bovine ancestors. Anchor, Delta said evenly. There was a notification that stood out as yellow and Delta focused on it, ignoring Maharia's ranting. 
I believe that we need to talk. May I meet with you when you're free? It was polite, but Sis never really asked for meetings, so it had to be important. Let me just check on Alpha and get him outside, she said easily, turning to the still-sleeping boy that had her gargoyles around him, as per order. Leaving Maharia to bask in her new existence, Delta bent down, whispering quietly. New... Every move she makes, every word she utters, she said, and knew flashed once. She won't be able to think a bad thought without me recording her. The words reassured Delta, because as much as she was sure this whole god war was a big sibling falling out gone extreme, Maharia was still dangerous. She didn't need magic or undead dragons to be a problem. Simply pissing off the right adventurer or making Delta appear as a... A problem would have the same effect, if not more. Delta cared about what her image was, to a degree. She worked hard to cultivate the idea that she could be reasoned with, and her goal was to flourish with durance, not in spite of it. It was a gamble, to be perfectly honest, but Delta needed to know what the other side was thinking, how it operated, and how twisted any other members of this group were. Alpha blinked. Slowly. Ow! Delta winced and silently shifted his soul two inches to the right, which aligned better. Upside of having a big sister like Delta, she could do stuff like this. You okay? Delta asked as Alpha sat slowly up, flexing his fingers. I got a lot of soul resistance skills, but I don't think it'll help if Maharia strikes again, he said, businesslike and firm as if his loss of soul was more of a dreadful embarrassment than a traumatic incident. About that, Delta said, one finger raised, trying to figure out the best way to broach the subject. How are you still alive? Maharia screamed as Jack shook her like a small child with a fish in a bag. Spite and smut, Jack screamed back. Alpha stared before turning back to Delta, Hints of actual disbelief on his face. Maharia is effectively not an issue as far as things go, Delta said brightly. He frowned before nodding as if accepting this. I failed, he said almost out of the blue. What? At the game? Delta asked, head tilted. Alpha pursed his lips. That too, but no. I mean with dealing with Maharia. I was woefully underprepared. He explained as he stood up, looking around. Where's Hero? he asked, troubled as he searched for the golden bug. Resting, but you didn't fail, Al, Delta said earnestly as she patted his head. She didn't know why, but his head was quite patable. I only won because Maharia let me in as close as I needed to do so, so she could drive me crazy and turn me into a dungeon demon that would ravage the world she explained, her tone calm. And I would have gotten away with it too if it weren't for your meddling, Maharia muttered as Jack brought her over, stuffed into a bottle. I think we should cook her, Jack said viciously. Delta shook her head but narrowed her eyes. And how do you keep making references that you shouldn't know about? She asked the creepy fairy girl. She merely smiled and returned but Delta was already turning away. Right, don't have time for your dramatic foreshadowing. I've got a lunch date. Alpha, 
She turned to the younger man, who stared back, ready for instruction. Go outside and have some fun. Real sun is good for you, she insisted, making a shooing motion. Delta, Maharia said before she could leave, looking back. Delta gave her a look of boredom. I can't wait to see your face when you return. Maharia cackled, and Jack dunked her into the nearby pot. Inside, the bubbling crime against life. Troll Soup muffled her speech. Jack raised the bottle, and Maharia was flailing and looking sick despite having no organs. Delta would rescue her when she returned, so Maharia could look at her face. It was what the little fairy wanted after all. Going to where Sis was involved a lot of mind skills. It was sort of being able to pretend the space directly behind her body didn't exist, but instead, her world was a construction of carefully put-together powers. Delta slipped into a dungeon mode, seeing all the walls and monsters all become see-through, their power and meaning flowing inside of them, drawing in from the very air the manner they needed to keep surviving. Then there was a matter of falling backwards, and she was somewhere else. Sus sat surrounded by her monitors, and she looked different than the last time they met. Delta couldn't quite put her finger on it exactly, but she looked older. Delta, she said with such affection that Delta had an urge to turn and smile. She was pure in that way. But that same purity let her do some pretty nasty things with the same earnest attitude. Like with that what she did with Alpha in the beginning and this war. We need to talk, Delta said simply. Sis nodded and closed her eyes. I think it's best that we involve who we can, she announced. That sounded both interesting and ominous. If I am the sun and brother is the land, then we cannot casually meet without causing an issue. However, a long time ago, brother and I devised a meeting ground that we could use at times, she explained as she stood off to the chair. Like in a Starbucks or some cool Stonehenge or, um, Delta began to list, and Sis smiled as the room began to glow. Waddles opened his eyes. The ground shook through the underwater tunnel. He was moving before he was even fully awake. As he emerged on the outside, he saw the lake was completely dried. The water was suspended in the air, floating as if gravity had lost all meaning. This ended up revealing a deep carved lines all along the lake bed that looped around in sweeping curls. Slowly, from the earth, raw power coursed through the lines, traveling to the shrine island in the middle where it pulled. Then the land went dark as Waddles looked up. The sun went dark at the same time the shrine exploded with a large pillar of mana, raw power that shot into the sky. The color was a dark amber. Models followed it to see why the sun had gone dark. From the sun as well, a pillar of mana was exploding down to the land. But both beams, almost at the same time, clashed in the middle, met the same object at the same time. The moon began to glow a deep green that was tinged with orange. From the lands, the forest, and the very earth, monsters began to rage, 
coming alive as if the eclipse over this part of the land was a signal to raise hell. Waddles would not let a single one pass into his domain, nor his handmaiden side rooms. Or like a cutie house, or maybe a... Delta trailed off as she seemed to have been teleported by Sis to a strange, flat surface, pockmarked occasionally by odd craters. A tea house would be cute, but brother won't let me decorate. But regardless, welcome Delta to the moon, she introduced. Delta stared as the other side of the far field, the form of the demonic brother appeared. He appeared to be walking in the line between the front and the dark sides of the moon. Delta slowly looked out at the dark side. It was completely flat and unremarkable, as if someone had stopped making it halfway through. Why, um, is the moon flat on the back? Delta asked faintly. Well, um, no one ever sees the other side, so why make it special? Sis said easily. I wanted to put a moon dragon here, but Sis said it would ruin the scenery. Rather sniffed as he approached his yellowish eyes still slit-like. I wanted to try making a race of moon dogs, Sis said, and brother eyed her. You're taller, he accused, and Sis smiled serenely. Am I? I hadn't noticed, she said, brushing her hair back with a clear pride. Delta coughed to remind them that she existed. They both eyed her. Right, um, one sec, brother said and snapped his fingers. Alpha appeared ghostly and surprised by their side. He took one look at Bro and Sist and began to hyperventilate. Is he still traumatized? Delta, you had him for a whole day. How have you not made him any better yet? Brother asked, surprised. He lost his soul and was a plaything for a lich before I saved him. It's gonna take time. People take time, Delta stressed. Brother blinked slowly. Like, uh, three days or something. He asked, and Dalton knew without a doubt that he was legitimately serious. He'll be better, but he's better, Dalton said finally, still having to suppress her urge to cower before the being. It was hard to forget things like his face when he took her name. Why are we here? Alpha asked finally. Sis went up to him and hugged him. To make the wrongs right, she admitted. Brother and sister shared a look before they looked down at the massive, oddly-shaped rectangle. It was mostly a rough, flat plain, but occasionally, new land or sea seemed to be growing out of the edges, slowly but surely curving in on itself. And the others, Beta and Gamma, also whoever the fifth is that Maharia mentioned, Dalta Ross quietly. Beta is refusing us for blank, and working with a jerk of a tree, brother said flatly. Gamma is, um, how would I say it, sis trailed off. Funny, but dangerous to both of you in a different ways, brother said casually. The fifth that Maharia of Tatan mentioned is not part of what you all are. Not truly. The fifth was actually the first. Little brother was the first. I shaped him and brother gave him a soul. We could not create what we did not know, Sis said with sadness as she looked at the stars above, blinking. We did it so wrong. A soul like that, like yours, was not meant to be in such a state of body. They went mad, 
or perhaps they were simply mad at us, she carried on. The reason why people get uh, knowledgeable, or perhaps even attuned to your old world, is because in every seed is the memory, the essence of the first soul. Every human and half-human down there carries memories of your world locked deep within them. Rather announce, hands spread as if he's capturing the image of the world in his hands. A soul like us, Alpha whispered, hands to his chest. When a seed falls to another, the seed moves on or carries down the bloodline. The seed merged far more completely than what the lich chick did with her family. A single seed, a single person. You repeat that every generation, and every time the seed becomes more complete. Ro went on, turning to Delta. But what happens when someone's seed is too strong? What if they get their memories back? Delta asked, feeling dread inside her. Sis looked at her. Durance happens. She said simply. The cult got real close, but honestly, they can't really do what they need on their own. They need people, strong people. So they caused a little havoc, and boom! Heroes and anti-heroes show up to wage an epic war. But the catch is, the loot. It ain't so good. People remembered, and the collection of seeds began to rise. The memories of that name... The true name of the little brother made them understand that when a lose against the silence, they would become the silence. Bro explained as he sat on the ground and got comfortable. No, I don't understand, objected Alpha. How could memories make you into a cult or change you? He demanded, distressed. Brother closed his eyes, apparently getting ready for a nap. You want to know... Asked Delta. Every single one of her monsters has the exact same thing going on. Or did you not notice that? He asked her, amused. Not the insane or seedy part, but uh, by sharing your memories with them, they understand you. Your emotions are tied to certain memories or reference or joke. They flow through that and subconsciously or not, they feel closer to you. Why am your second floor boss resists this well? and even sees it as a threat that she isn't sure she can resist. Sister explained, and Delta couldn't speak. The race of humanity is all one big dungeon species that took the death of our sibling to make, Ro added, voice much quieter. Delta felt ill. She felt, uh, for the first time in a long time, scared of what she was. Alpha, who would build bonds with people. Beta, who would rally monsters created by their magic. Delta, who would repurpose their gifts. And Gamma, who would take them by conquest. In the beginning, that was the plan. You'd help each other train to fight the silence, whilst also taking their seeds to slow down the great remembrance. Brother sighed, then shot Delta a grin. To be fair... You can't really say that you have a cult when half of your monsters argue with you and the others question you. It's more a close-knit family than may go crazy. You may also spread your memories like a fungus on perfectly good fields, but you also pass on more, he pointed out. In fact, you pass on the most important thing of all, Sister said, 
to her as she smiled. Delta slowly looked at them, the weight in her chest heavy. You taught them that it's okay to question life. It's okay to be wrong. And more importantly, she leaned in, arms around Delta. You taught them that it's okay to laugh at themselves. It's okay to have their own feelings. Sis finished and Delta was about to make a nice reply when she noticed something. Brother had zoomed in the air in front of him to focus on a village near the drained lake. It looked like dozens of ant-sized dots were converging on the village in the round shadow of the moon. Where is that unlucky place? Delta asked as she pulled Alpha into a hug. Durance, Brother said easily. Delta nodded for a moment before she paused. Look, Alpha's body is on the ground, Brother announced as he zoomed in further to show Alpha's physical form passed out in her dungeon. The monsters just ran past, unbothered by him. Where are they going? Delta asked and Sister blinked. To get seeds. Durance isn't very active, so the monsters shouldn't be able to sense too much, Sister promised easily. There are two royal knights in town, Alpha said, muffled by Delta's tight grip. The sibling shared a look. Well, um, this could be a bit awkward, but, uh, I think it'll be alright, Brother said as he waved a hand. Delta was going to ask how, when something odd occurred. Far off, a large town that had a golden color around it drew her attention. Near the field, an unnoticeable being that was near the city turned its attention to the town, and all the monsters abruptly just stopped. Complete and utter lack of motion. The force grew to such an extent that it was visible from the moon for a brief moment, that it was gone with a thunderous... poi? What was that? Delta asked, stunned. Dan Mulkus, or Mule, as he likes to be called. He's a big fan, Brother said easily. Delta didn't want any fans that did that. Delta just wanted to be a peaceful dungeon, doing dungeon things. Why was she still in the damn moon having a date with gods as some dungeon thing scared monsters emerging from an eclipse? She didn't need any more surprises. In the abyss... Past the dark sea of turbulent souls and oblivion, the demon world could be found. The untamed lands, unseen by the dukes or their king, a bright orange mushroom formed in the forest. Then another formed. Then another. Eventually, seven cheerful mushrooms formed in a perfect ring in the middle of nowhere. A moment later, when nothing happened, the mushrooms began to slowly wiggle back and forward harmonizing slowly. The tempo increased faster and faster until the mushrooms were a blur of red noise. Then a single note was hit, and the space in the middle of the circle began to rip open. Orange manna exploded upwards like a geyser of bubbling foam. Then it slowly settled until the circle was a rippling orange liquid that seemed to occasionally shift. The mushrooms pondered this and then began to dance in different patterns, causing the liquid to slowly shift as if they were tuning a TV station. Then it finally found what it was seeking. Waddles emerged a moment later, his body rotating as if he simply spun himself underwater. It was surprising to be home, 
but he might as well report to his father while he was here. Then he could get back to sleeping. He flapped his wings and took off, heading to the Lake of Wrath. He would find the Duke of Wrath there, presiding over all the dark drakes. Waddles now might have a solution for the problems of the demon world was going through. Well, not him, but Delta. She was useful like that. Waddles supposed if he was with Delta right now, she would have called his father the Duck of Wrath. Waddles wouldn't say it, but he would think it hard had his father been her honor. Waddles was good like that. End of chapter. And that, my friends, concludes this video. I hope that you enjoyed, and if you do, please consider supporting the author, even by popping over and leaving a thumbs up or a nice comment, just to show your appreciation for the story. However, if you wish to support this channel, there are links down below which will help immensely. I will see you all in the next one, and until then, I hope that you have a fantastic day. Cheers.